All right, welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We have an amazing guest. First off, you are social proof, okay? We were just talking about how people teach stuff that they haven't necessarily accomplished themselves, mm -hmm. but you've accomplished a whole bunch, man. We got Stefan Speaks in the building. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How you feeling? Doing all right, bro. Right? Yeah. Man, so you, first off, you got one point, what on Instagram? 1.1 million. 1.1 million. But you started with zero. Yeah. How did you do it? <laughs> How'd you do it? Because I think some people think that, I don't know, somehow you just started at a certain number or that, how did you go from zero, where you are, where we are, to 1.1 million? So to be completely transparent, in the beginning, I was doing like I do on all platforms, follow people so they can follow you back. Mm -hmm. All right. So I started the momentum with that. Got to like 13,000 followers. But I don't know if you know, back then, I don't know if it's still in place, Instagram had a cap where you can only follow 7,000. Oh, wow. And so it, and when they first started, it was unlimited. So there was people who would be following a million people, but they would get a few hundred thousand wow. followers from it. And then um, once they put the cap on there, so here I was kind of stuck at 13,000. So I'm not going to lie. I got tempted, bought the whole fake followers. Okay. Thing. I okay. got like 7,000 fake followers, right? So I'm at 20. Then Instagram comes through, does that cleanup, right. and it drops it back down. Where'd you so, go back down to? <laughs> like 13. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I said, okay, I'm not messing with this fake stuff no mm -hmm. more. I'm going to keep doing this uh, authentic followers, organic followers. I'm not going to do the whole following thing. Mm -hmm. But I said, I told anyone who would listen, watch me get to 100,000. Mm -hmm. All right. From there, it was just connecting with different influencers, different pages that did promo. And I just kept investing in promo. Right. So, you know, I, I asked you the one time, I was like, yo, did you just put out great content and everybody started following? And you kind of <laughs> smirked a little bit like, what? It doesn't work like that. No. So what does what that investing process look like? I mean, so it's harder now than it was then. Mm -hmm. Then it was so much easier. I mean, there's still pages that offer promo and you can still pay for it. But IG has somehow messed with the algorithms to where the results aren't the same. Mm -hmm. But it was simply about researching, researching who offers promo, who offers promo and has an audience that fits yours. Right. So, and I was lucky enough to come across uh, a young lady who seemed to have the connection. She knew who to go to. Right. Even though she wasn't heavily investing herself in it, she just said, hey, here, I believe in what you're doing. Here's a page you can contact. You know, if you're going to do it, do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm a go all in person. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I just went in and I just started boom, boom, boom. And then I started getting into the Facebook ads, the IG ads. But I started learning something. Like, I think the mistake that people make is you're paying for promo to promote your page, right? right? And that may not always generate revenue right away. Mm. So now you run out of money to keep putting into promo. So you can only keep it up for so long. Right. So I switched it to where I'm going to promo my books. I'm going to promo revenue generating things. Right. And what happens is in promoting the book, I still get followers. Right. So now I'm making my money back on the promo. The followers are essentially for free at that point. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Take the money back, boom, put it right back in and just keep it going, recycling. And, and the reality is that as people grow and even the ones who don't initially buy, if they came to your page based off of that product promo, mm -hmm. there's a greater chance they're going to buy it down the line. Right. You know how they say you got to see it three times before somebody actually wants right, to buy right. it. So they seen it the first time. Now they fall in love with your page. Now they fall in love with your work. Now they're much more willing to go buy the book. 
or whatever mm. else you're offering them. That makes sense. I, I, for, I, for a while, I thought I could just, <laughs> just put out really cool content and eventually, but the followers, they just grow so slow. Exactly. So, but you do have to have some sort of marketing budget to put into your brand so that, and that makes sense, not just saying, follow me, follow me, but buy this book and they might come to my page and like some other stuff and decide to hit that button. Yeah, I mean, so you still gotta put out good content. Right. There's no way around that. But yes, is it possible to go viral and to get a lot of followers, it's possible. But if anyone's paid attention, it was so much easier maybe a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. You could go viral. It's almost like reality TV. Once upon a time when you were on reality TV, you got gigs, you got right. all kinds of business. <laughs> now it's like it means nothing. Right. You're, you, it's rare now for you to get something past that. So it's the same thing with Instagram. It's like, or social media in general. There used to be a time where if you went viral, your page would jump. Now you go, you could go viral and it still doesn't like give you a big boost in followers. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. it's like, you can't, you can try to rely on that, but that's risky. Mm. I, I choose not to rely on just chance happening. No, right. I got to find a way I can control this. And that's in advertising promo. That's how you can control the flow. Gotcha. Gotcha. So why do you think so many people follow your message? Like, what is it, what is it about you? Because there's a, there's a billion other authors, speakers. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you built such a cult following? I think, one, people can tell I'm genuine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm honest, honest as hell. And I don't necessarily just say what you want to hear. I say what needs to be said, what mm -hmm. people need to hear. And sometimes, even when you don't like the message, it hits you in a way that it's going to make you come back. Because right. now you want to see what else I got to say. Right, 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 <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. right. I, I think there's that. I think um, just the way I present the message. Mm -hmm. Again, I've learned that you can't just say stuff. You can, and you can build an audience on just being brash and just, you know, going off. But that's not going to really help you in the long term. And it's not going to allow mm -hmm. you to broaden your audience. Right. Learning how to deliver what you say. You know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. And I think I understood that. And that has helped in growing the message. And then, most importantly, being consistent. Because mm -hmm. I remember like three, four years ago, I would tell people, I said, listen, see all these relationship coaches, experts, all these people popping up? I said, give it three years, they're going to fall off. Because one, if It's crazy, because I did see, there's not as many. Exactly. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because it was a big boom of, yo, I can help you with your relationship. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's Dude, crazy. there are dudes I used to see, and now they're either doing business, or they, they went to a completely different niche, or they're just gone altogether. Right. And there's a few reasons for that. One, this is my purpose. So I'm going to be here no matter what. Right. I'm going to be here for the next 20, 30 years. I'm not going nowhere, regardless of the highs and lows. Right. When you're jumping in as a gimmick, it's hard to stick with this because mm -hmm. there's going to be some lows. This wasn't always perfect. There's a lot of rough days doing this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the true drive and for me have God behind me pushing me that I got to be doing this, you're going to give up. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, F it, it's not worth it. And you're going to look for how you can make more money quicker. Mm -hmm. See, for me, the, the, the thing was I had to realize, yes, as a business, you want to make money. But it's about, for me, it's about doing what God wants me to do. It's about serving the people. It's about doing, giving them the messages that they need and understanding there's a long-term vision to this. Mm -hmm. So even if things ain't popping right now, they're going to pop later. And that's what helped me sustain myself through those hard times. Right. And now everything is great. So one of the conversations around relationship coaches is like 
well, you have to be married for a certain amount of time to be an authority, right? And that would be a <laughs> argument I'm sure you hear, of right? Because you're not married, right? Yes, correct. But you've helped a lot of people. So how do you combat that conversation? Well, it, well it's not, even, not combat, but yeah, what's your reply? Exactly. So there's so many ways to reply to this. One, one example I give to people is you don't go to a doctor and say, oh, you can't treat me unless your arm is broken too. Mm. All right? He doesn't have to be in that state to understand how to treat you and to correct your issue. He's studied it. He's learned it. He's helped others. He's gained the knowledge and wisdom. It's no different with relationships. I think also people love to separate marriage. One, human nature loves to create division and separation. That's why we have racism, colorism, whatever. We like to somehow make ourselves feel superior to the next. So there's people out there who want to make it seem I never like heard that word colorism. <laughs> but like as you said it, I'm like, wow, there is color. The light skin versus dark skin. Exactly. That's crazy. And and then even with relationship status, you think you're special because you no, you're not. Marriage is an intensified relationship. That's all. The mm. same principles that will that go into making a relationship work go into making a marriage work. It's just that now it's intensified, and now what happens is when you're married you feel you have the right to make higher demands. You see, what you would have let slide as boyfriend, girlfriend, because mm -hmm. you're still trying to get to that next level, mm -hmm. you're not going to let that slide no more. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same things. Right. It's the same principles. So when people think somehow, well, you got to be, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. You don't. You have to know people. You have to know how people coexist. You have to understand relationships. You have to understand men and women. When you gain that knowledge, you can help people in that state. Mm. So, so I think how have you prepared for and what is your research like? What is your study? Because uh, I know you, you are a certified life coach, mm -hmm. right? So what, what are like your credentials and like how do you really dig into human nature and relationships? Well, so one thing I had to learn, somebody said to me, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He call the, qualifies the called. And so I know this is my purpose. I don't need to worry about if other people feel I'm not qualified, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And don't listen. Right. Go to someone you prefer. I still got to do what I got to do. This <laughs> is still my purpose. I'm not going anywhere. Those who gravitate to it, those who respect it and honor it, they're going to come my way. Mm. Those who don't, you go somewhere else. People feel like they got to try to knock you down right. if they don't like it. No, right. go to where you like it then. But it's not coming off the top of your head because I know you're well read and you're Yeah, right. so as far as, well, I ain't going to lie. Some of it does come off the top of my head. Oh, right. I, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean is, I'm, I'm very spiritually in tune, and sometimes uh, I just pick up on things in my spirit, and mm. I speak it, and it ends up being right. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to act like there's always this very scientific process mm. to me coming to certain understandings. I just sense what I sense. I feel it. I can pick up on it. Like, I can look at two people. They can smile at me, and I can tell they're not happy. Mm -hmm. What you're showing me on the outside does not tell the whole story. I can see a couple in a picture mm -hmm. acting like they're all good, and I can tell there's problems there. You see what I'm saying? Really? I just, I don't know what it is. I pick up on people's energy. I have a natural gift in that way. But to go further than that, I do read. I do study. I do look at people, look at relationships. But also people have to understand, I've helped so many people. I've been allowed into so many people's lives on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Because what people fail to understand is there are individuals right now who can be surrounded by friends and family and still have no one to talk to. Right. All right. So their friends and family don't know what's really going on with them. But when they come to me, they're at a place where they need help mm -hmm. and they're opening up in a way that no one else knows. Right. So I'm getting the real story. 
that allows me to get to a better understanding of what's really going on with people. So I have certain insight that people won't understand because so many people are fronting out there. Mm -hmm. All right. So you can't you don't understand the, what's going on behind the layers. I do. And I've seen it over and over again. And it's like it's like a, a survey. Even though a survey doesn't speak to everyone in the world, it gets a group of people. It comes to a certain conclusion and it understands by the law of whatever it can apply it to the majority of people. Well, I have millions of followers. I get tons of DMs, messages. I've done tons of coaching sessions. It comes to a point where I can look at this group and say, you know what? This is a common issue. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's a survey. It's just done in a different way. It may not be as controlled as others are, but it is what it is. I'm gr gaining all kinds of data from all kinds of people, and I'm able to come to certain conclusions. So why, uh, what do you think the, difference between, the differences are between a relationship today and a relationship 50 years ago? Because right out of high school, they was like, yo, you mind, let's go. Nowadays, it's like, ah, let's wait till we're 50. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So what, what do you think some of the differences and what are the influences on the changing in relationships? All right, so the difference between now and 50 years ago is, one, people are more damaged now than ever before. Why? All right, because unfortunately, you know how some people say, oh, we need to go back to the old days. Well, what you fail to realize is those old day relationships created the damaged people we have today. Really? Because in the old days where a lot of women did not have the same respect or freedoms and the ability to go make a living on their own, they were subjected to whatever uh, toxic relationship they were dealing with because he was paying the bills. Mm -hmm. And then you have younger women, younger sons growing up in these toxic environments and now becoming skewed or having a skewed perception of relationships, becoming scared of love, becoming very guarded. And in a lot of communities, we don't get help for these things. Mm -hmm. So people carry this with them and it's just an ongoing cycle. Mm -hmm. I think also there's way more distractions now. So back in the days, Way more yeah, let me give an example that's just coming in my head. Porn, online porn, all mm -hmm. right? One of the reasons why online porn is so dangerous is because, just from a relationship perspective, back in the days, if you and your woman were having some sexual problems or issues, because you didn't have as many outlets, you had to figure out how to work it out, mm -hmm. all right? You had to do something or just deal with it because you couldn't just run to the computer. See, now you can just run to the computer. You can run to the stripper. <laughs> you can detach. And by detaching, you're not forced to deal with the issue. You're not forced to fix anything. Mm. So all these additional distractions, Facebook, Instagram, all these things detach people and not just distract them from how to improve their relationships, it distracts them how to improve themselves, mm -hmm. how to make more out of their lives. You know, there's so much they could be doing but they're tied to the Instagram, tied to the Facebook, tied to the TV, tied to the porn, and it creates a lot of problems. Wow. So I think more damage than ever, more distractions than ever before. I also think that we are not raising people to be good husbands and wives, all right? There's been a whole attack on the whole premise of marriage and the dynamic of it, and so back in the days, women and men were raised in a way that they could be good partners mm -hmm. and have certain qualities. Now we raise people for do your own thing, get your business, get yeah. your degree, blah, 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 F somebody else, forget love, forget this. And who, who's leading that charge? The damaged person who's your parent. Oh. All right, because they've been hurt. Right. And now they're right. like, you can't right. trust love, you can't trust the man, you can't trust the woman. No, no, do for you, do for you, do for you. And yes, you're supposed to work on you. 
but not at the, not to sacrifice becoming a better partner because then what happens is you have people who become successful in their 30s, 40s, whatever, mm -hmm. but they're lonely. Mm -hmm. They never learn how to have relationship skills. Right. They never learn what they're supposed to do to create and maintain a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. They learned all the success stuff, right. but they didn't learn the interpersonal stuff. Mm. And that's a problem. So what do you think is, obviously, when there's a gap in the marketplace, there are always going to be some people that's trying to fix it. So is that contributing to the rise of the relationship coach or why everybody has something to say about relationships now? Nah, I'll be honest with you. I, I think, I honestly think the rise in relationship coach started with Steve Harvey. Really? If I'm going to be very honest, yes. I honestly believe that people saw him do extremely well. Because if you notice, there were other celebrities. I won't name anybody. But there were other celebrities. Why not? Drop to, a name. Nah, you know what <laughs> Drop a name. Call him out. You feel me? But there's been other even celebrities attempting to write relationship books because they saw Steve Harvey was able to use that and propel him to a whole nother level of success mm -hmm. in other areas of business. Right. All right. So I do feel like that gave people this idea of, well, if he can do it, so can I. Now, I'm not going to say everyone that's jumped in isn't genuine. Mm -hmm. I do believe that there are people out there who genuinely want to help, who genuinely see or understand people are hurting, who may have overcome their own trials and tribulations, and now mm -hmm. they want to pass that knowledge on to others. But I do think the boom of relationship coaches and experts and all that stuff started with Steve Harvey. I really think he pushed it to another level. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me ask you, what, where are you trying to take it to? Because um, obviously you're you're good at what you do. Um, so where where do you see your brand? Do you want to go talk shows? Do you want to do just just become the most renowned author? Because you have how many books now? Five. Five books, and you have how many coming? Uh, like <laughs> I got two right now coming, but right. I, I have like a whole list of books to do. Wow. So where, where are you going to take this thing? You know, I'm, I'm kind of not sure mm -hmm. if I'm going to be honest. Um, I definitely want a full catalog of books. What I saw is that a lot of people who were labeled relationship experts have one book. Mm -hmm. And they may have variations of that one book, but it's just the one book. That's it. They do really well. And then mm -hmm. from there, they do other stuff to generate income. I feel like if I'm going to say I'm a relationship coach, expert, whatever, then I need to address all angles. Mm -hmm. And I want to provide information on all. I almost look at it like, here's my chance to provide coaching without everyone having to come to a coaching session. Right. Because everyone can't come to a coaching session. Everyone can't afford it. Everyone may not feel comfortable with it. But I still want to get you that information. I want to see actual change happen mm -hmm. and change the landscape of relationships. So, and, and make things happier, healthier for everybody. Like that's a genuine desire of mine. So yeah. to me, at the very least, having a catalog of books is definitely one of the goals. I mean, I, I think I do want to become a leader in the space, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not obsessed with that. Like mm -hmm. that's not the most important thing to me. And I think more importantly, I'm just trying to follow whatever God wants me to do. Whatever he says is next is next. Mm -hmm. So if it ends up being TV, which right now I doubt, mm -hmm only because I'm a little cautious about being in that space where I'm kind of controlled by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I need the freedom to say what I need to say and do it the way I need right. to do it. Um, but you know, you never know what's going to take you. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm, I, I never thought I was going to come to this point, to be yeah. honest with you. I didn't know I was going to be doing all this. So it's just constantly praying and asking God what to do next. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for everybody that's out there that are saying, yo, I need some help. What are, and I'll give you a couple scenarios. 
there's a woman that she's around all single friends. What type of advice would you give her before she even comes to you and asks for help? What, like, because I'm sure you see some common things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I want a woman that's around all single friends and she's dealing with issues. She can't find a man. She can't keep a man. She might be attractive, but there, there's, there's some issues there. This is going to sound bad, and I hope the women don't get too upset. But I'm going to be, again, honest. Number one is don't listen to your friends. Mm-hmm. All right? Do not listen to your friends. And I'm not saying none of your friends are capable of giving great advice and great guidance. But it's very risky. Mm-hmm. All right? Because I think naturally, a lot of, not all women, but a lot of women interject themselves when they're giving advice in situations like that. What do you mean? Meaning, okay, so if, let's say you're saying you're dealing with this, the woman's saying she's dealing with this guy, she really likes him, but she's not sure about his feelings because maybe he's not calling as much. Right. Well, she's not going to view it from the perspective of the outside looking in. She may put herself in that situation, and she knows she wouldn't deal with that. So she's going to tell you, uh-uh, don't accept that. Leave that man alone. He's playing games. Now, again, right. I'm not saying no woman gives good advice, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that it, it is very easy for bias to come in. And, and yes, that can happen in... in with any human being, but I do think that being around single friends and you trying to get a relationship, you have to understand that human nature is to validate the position that we're currently in, all right? So being around single friends, there's a very good possibility they're gonna just give you, there's nothing wrong with you, you're fine, it's these men, boom, 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 because they're validating why they're still single, Mm. all right? You kind of need an outside looking in. Or if you know one of your friends is the brutally honest, will tell you like it is friend, you can talk to her, mm-hmm. all right? But you got to be real with yourself. Be honest. Is, is one of them or more than one of them really going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. all right, and tell you what the problem is? Um, I think number two is don't use their situation to define your situation. Because again, a lot of times what the woman, what happens to a lot of women is they're saying, well, all my friends, all my friends are single. It's not working for any of us. Listen, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. We don't know what they are or aren't doing in their situation. And they may not be being fully transparent with you. You have to isolate yourself in the sense of, okay, what can I do differently? Mm -hmm. What can I do to improve the situation? And again, this really goes for man, woman, whether it's relationships or business, don't use your friends to, to don't project your friend's situations on yours. Like if, if I'm a guy and I'm like, well, none of my homeboys can find a job, but they might not be looking hard enough. Right, right. They may not be stooping up their resume and doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Look at what you're specifically doing or not doing, evaluate that and make the necessary changes. Because I've seen women who were in that single group of friends, she, they would come to me, I would tell them what to do, and it's a battle because their friends are telling them one thing and I'm telling them something different, right. all right? but for the ones who actually listened and did it, they got the results. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So you, you got to be willing to look past what's going on around you and really focus on your path in life. And your path may look different from your single friends. Yeah. All right? And even if it's in reverse, let's say you're surrounded by friends who are all married. That and was you're the actually single my one. next question. Right. <laughs> like somebody that sees all their friends getting married around them and so it's makes it like something's wrong. Exactly. So it's the same principle. You cannot project the fact that they have someone and you don't and start to look at yourself less because we don't know what they did to get there, man. Mm. We don't, those relationships aren't always real relationships. And what I mean by that is there isn't a genuine connection. It isn't true love. 
it's hell for all you know she got tired of waiting this was the best available dude Settled and, on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and she picked him right. and, and she's not gonna announce it like that to the world she's gonna say I love him and all this stuff and you're buying into that feeling bad about yourself no you can't do that you have to isolate and say okay they got what they got we don't know the price they paid to get it we don't know the price they're gonna pay to try to keep it mm-hmm. Focus on what you need to do. You are separate from them. You are not the same as them. And whether they're getting results or they're not getting results. Now, if they are getting good results and there are things you can learn from them, then by all means, learn from them. Hear them out if you know. And that's the thing. I think as a woman, women know deep inside when someone is coming from a positive or negative place. Women are very intuitive. So you have to be honest with yourself. Is this person coming at you in a negative space or from a positive one? Like I had one client where she dealt with this situation, the dude stopped calling her, whatever. And whenever she would talk to her friends, they would say, oh, he was playing you, he ain't worried, blah, 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 why you so stupid? And I'm like, yo, stop talking to your friends. They're clearly negative. They're not uplifting you, they're not encouraging you, they're not trying to help you see it the right way. They're simply trying to beat you down with negative reinforcement Mm -hmm. thinking that's gonna help you. And all it does is make you feel worse every single time. So stop talking to them. Or at least stop talking to them about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to pick and choose your battles with certain people. Wow. I, there's certain people I'm not going to go to about certain things because I know that they can't handle it in a positive manner and give me, again, it's not negative advice isn't advice you don't want to hear. Right. But there's that negative energy that's coming out from them. Right. It's because, again, if they're bitter. Not coming from a loving place. Exactly. Because yeah. they might be hurt. They might be dealing with a dude who is playing them. We don't know what they're going through that's going to now hinder their ability to come at you or to pour into you positive, loving advice. So I think, yeah, you just have to really not allow your surroundings to get the best of you, whether they're all single or whether they're all in a relationship. And what are, uh, the, what are like some of the things that women don't understand about men or the hardest thing it is to understand about men? Because I've seen some situations where a woman's thought of what's happening isn't really happening only because I put it this way. Um, a guy does something and a woman automatically in her mind says, oh, he did that. So this must be happening mm-hmm. when really the guy just did it because mm-hmm. of another reason. Yeah. Makes sense. So <laughs> what are some things that you think women just don't understand about men that they're just getting it wrong? One thing that comes to mind is that one woman's dog can be another woman's Prince Charming, all right? Mm. I think women don't realize that, yes, and this is not to validate him being a dog, and this is not to say that it's okay. Men have to learn to be respectful, treat women the right way, not going around damaging different women, and then want to act right when the one comes along. You gotta be better than that leading up to that woman. However, it is a reality that a woman, I mean a man, could be dogging out 10 women, all right? But let that one woman come along that he's really into, and this dude completely changes everything. He does not treat her like he treats the rest. And it it does happen. And I think so what happens is a lot of women create this perception or... All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
with NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash socialproof. That's netsuite.com slash socialproof. netsuite.com slash socialproof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They push this idea that all these men are horrible, dogs, whatever, not realizing that, yes, he was horrible and, and a dog is to a lot of to women, and that does make him, his character is not what it needs to be. He needs to improve that. Um, but that does not mean he is incapable of being the right guy for the right woman. Mm-hmm. And that does not mean that when he comes across that woman that he really wants to put an effort in, that he's not serious about it. Because sometimes that woman is going to look at, the fact that maybe he was running the streets when he was younger and think, well, right. he can't be faithful now. Nah, right. it can't happen like that. You know what I'm saying? The, the motivation is different now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things. I think 
women tend to not realize men do have feelings. We have feelings too. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't think. got no feelings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No feelings, big. Man, there's a lot of men hurting. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, men aren't as vocal with it. So mm. for example, a dude's not gonna comment on my IG post how he got hurt. Well, some will, mm. but it's very rare. But y'all don't know how many DMs I'm getting, mm. emails I'm getting from dudes giving me their story, and it's, man, it's crazy. Mm. All right, there's a lot of damage being done by women too, mm. but it doesn't get spoken about as much. Right. And the man doesn't feel as comfortable because if a woman announces she's been played, she can, she's gonna get more sympathy. Mm. A man announces he get played, it's like, well, what did you do wrong? Or you're right. a sucker, or you know, get over it, whatever. There's less sympathy for the guy. So I think that has created a misconception that men don't get hurt, men don't mm. have these feelings, or that it's not at nowhere near the magnitude that it is for women. Nah, it's pretty high. It's mm. really high. And, and that's the thing, everyone's hurting each other because it's a negative cycle that everyone's stuck in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And Healthy, happy people don't go around hurting somebody else. Yeah. So if that dude is acting like that, trust. And I've been there. I, I, I got hurt one time, went complete savage. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was always honest, even, right. even during my savage times. But, yeah, it was completely different. And it's because I was operating from a place of hurt. Mm -hmm. And it was a defense mechanism. So, you know, I think that is something that women don't understand. And to build on that point, I think a lot of women don't realize that men or people can change. I'm gonna say yeah. men. I don't even think that women have this idea that people can't change. I think they have this idea that men don't change, but men do change, just like anybody else. People evolve, people get mature, people learn from their mistakes. What he was at 20 something doesn't mean he's gonna be the same way at 30 something. Right. You know what I'm saying? So don't focus on where he's been, focus on where is he now? What did he present to you right now? Is his character now showing you a man of value that's someone you can deal with? Or is he still showing you the dude that he was 10 years ago when he was running the streets? If that's the case, don't mess with him. Um, one, you have um, a lot of information and you write a lot of books, mm -hmm. right? And for the person who maybe they give good advice and they got all this information, how the heck do you write so many books <laughs> so fast? Like, what is, what is your formula? Please, because I got to switch gears to entrepreneurship. There's some people that think, they're watching this interview like right now, like, yo, I was just telling my friend that. I, like, I could be Stefan, right? <laughs> so, like, what advice would you give to somebody who has this information? It's just hard to get it out. So, one, let me say, I still have a hard time getting it out. So, mm. as fast as I'm moving, I'm moving way slower than I could, mm. all right? Um, I think part of the problem is that, especially with entrepreneurs, we can tend to be perfectionists, mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't let it out because we think it's not good enough, or it's not, you know, that could be better, it could be this, it could be that. I had to learn to stop overthinking. Mm -hmm. Just speak what you're feeling. Just speak what you know. And treat the first draft as just that. It's just the first draft. You don't mm -hmm. gotta get it right the first time you write it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta get your thoughts out on that first draft. You'll have time to go back, tweak it, make it better, clean it up. But I think we get stuck on that first draft and then we don't get any further. Right. Um, for me, what I've also learned is you have to recognize what your strengths are. My strength is speaking, not mm. actually writing. I actually hate writing. I despise really? writing, all right? But here's the thing, on your, in your, on your Instagram, you do very few videos. You do more writing. So the lack of videos was due to me not being comfortable getting in front of the camera mm. and me being a perfectionist 
me thinking, okay, well, the lighting's not right, or it needs to look professional. Or we shot some this. fire videos the other day, too. This joint was crazy. The content was crazy. But he's like, oh, man, I don't have a haircut. <laughs> I may still post it. I may still post it. But that's the thing. I overanalyzed. I mm. overanalyzed. That's what led to less videos. Quotes were easy to post. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that's not really, like, that's writing, but that's not this long, I have to write a book. It's one thing to say a quote versus writing a book. Right. So, but for me, what I've learned to do is I record myself speaking now, mm. and then I transcribe that and turn it into the book. Oh. Because I realized trying to sit down and type or write, that was just too much for me. It took mm. a lot out of me to do that, and that's not my strength. So right. I think people have to be honest with yourself. Are you a stronger speaker or are you a stronger writer? Because in reality, I'm not a writer. I'm, a, I'm someone with a message. Mm -hmm. I have to get that message out through writing a book videos, speaking, whatever, but I'm really about the message. Right. There's other people out there who are writers. That's their thing. That's right. their passion. That's what their purpose is. So for them, it's easy to write, mm -hmm. but they too might be overthinking and stopping themselves. Mm. So that is really the process. And I think also you, you've got to set goals and set a vision. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think we say we want to write a book, but define what, what book are you going to write? Map it out, do an outline. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get out a book per year. Make that your goal. Right. Give yourself things to stick to. Even if you don't perfectly stick to it, you have a, something to hold yourself accountable to, and it makes right. it more likely you'll get it done. Right, right. And I know you'll be dropping your, your program for helping people become an author, um, but so I, I have all these ideas. How do I pick one? I know I want a brain dump, but I got so many topics that I want to talk about. What type of advice would you give that person? All right, so for me, there's two ways to look at this. I take the spiritual approach. I pray about what to write next or what mm -hmm. to release next because I do have crazy, like to be honest with you, the, the book, so my first book that really did extremely well was God Wears My Boaz. Mm -hmm. I was never trying to write that book. That was really? not my logical intention. That's why it's funny when people say, oh, you like when people attack me and say, oh, you're trying to write this to play off the church women's emotions. It's like, yo, I didn't want to write this, though. <laughs> like, this wasn't my idea. I didn't even think it was going to do that great. Right. I literally told my editor at the time, if this makes me a couple hundred dollars a month, I'll be happy. Hmm. It's done way beyond that, wow. way beyond that. And it set the platform and took me to a whole other level. So to me, I've learned to pray about it because there's timing to everything. And there's an order in which God wants you to do things. And that's going to make sense because even the books for men, I have two books for men that people don't really know about. Mm -hmm. And even though they don't really sell, they don't really make any money. There's a purpose for them. There's a reason why they had to be done and when they were done. So I don't worry about the fact that they don't make no money. I did what God wanted me to do. That's it. I, I do my part. I'll be obedient. I keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So there's a spiritual way to look at it. Now, if you're, just, if you're not spiritual and you're just trying to figure out, okay, but I got all these ideas, what do I release next? I think you got to ask yourself, what do the people want? And what's the climate right now? Because there are certain things trending right now, like, Last year, think about when um, Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God, mm -hmm. wrote Black Privilege. The climate for that book was perfect. perfect. You perfect. see what I'm saying? Yep. So it was smart that that's the kind of book he released at that time. I think if you have all these ideas, which one makes the most sense for right now? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And you go with that. Or you ask your followers. Hey, do a quick poll. Which book should I release next? Right. Whichever one they pick, roll with that. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Right. 
Because still you're giving the people what they want. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important thing. Sometimes we write and try to sell books based off what we want to give. Right. No, it's what do they want. And that makes sense because you said that um, to give people what they want um, at the moment, and you said your women, the books you write for women, because that's what they want. They ultimately want that, they do well, but you wrote something for men, which is probably what they need, but men don't want it necessarily. Mm -hmm. So that, make, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, the, the, but the men is it's conflicting because I know how to make books for men that will sell like crazy. Right. But it will go against my morals. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like, you get about three of them, okay? You, know what you what put saying? them in this funnel, and then you just pick. Like, yo, if I if I wrote a book on how to pick up women, how to sleep with women, all that, man, please. There are, there are men out there making a killing off of that angle. Wow. Pick up artists, whatever. I've read books about this. But I would feel guilty doing that. Again, yeah. I'm not here for the money. I'll, my Money's going to come. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about that. So I can't focus on that. So my books are at an angle that, yeah, it's not going to generate a lot for the men. Mm -hmm. But what I have learned with men is men gravitate more to the audio than they do to the book. So I've learned now mm. going forward, whatever I do for men, I have to put the audio. And I may be better off pushing the audio more than the book. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? But, that yeah, you know, you, you, you can't always worry about I mean, again, and that's the reason why I say pray about it. That, for me, that's why it's so important because... It's not going to always be about what's going to sell at the moment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're, you're laying the platform. You're laying the groundwork. Because, again, I'm here for the long term. So look at it like this. One, one thing that I think to myself as a reason why God wanted me to write the books for men when I did was when people come at me now and say, oh, you only speak to the women. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Go look at my resume. You right, see what I'm saying? Right. I now have built credentials that show I'm unbiased. I speak to men and women. But if I didn't do those things, I would look like just like everybody else, just trying to women, 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 which could still work right. if I just didn't care. But I want people to know that I'm here for everybody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, again, there's a purpose for certain things. And I do, I do pick that up because you're not a men basher. Like, like even the example earlier, you're like, okay, he might be a dog, but it might be a reason why he's a dog. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Not excusing it. So I do appreciate that. That. Um, that non-bias where you're really trying to help everybody. So we got the, he helps y'all with how to get that book out. So there's a person right now who has a book and it's just not selling anything. Mm -hmm. What type of advice? Cause you're, you're out here killing the game in terms of selling books. What are we doing wrong? Not presenting the value. That's number one. Um, you've got to give people the reason why they should buy this book. So, for example, I, you know, I do coaching as well, even though I don't really push the coaching. And I'm going to be very honest here and say, there was once upon a time where I was like, man, black folks don't want to pay for no coaching. Oh, I'm not successful right now because these black folks don't believe in getting help. All right. <laughs> even though I wasn't only catering to black folks, but that was my mentality. Right, and right. then one day I was like, no, 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 no. Black folks ain't the issue. Right. I'm the issue. Right. I'm not presenting the value to them to help them see why they should get this, right. why this would be helpful to them. That's on me. Mm. That's not on them. Using them as a scapegoat. Right. You see what I'm saying? Once I learned to focus on presenting value more than anything, not only was it, am I getting black people to, to get me for coaching, white people, everybody. Everybody's right. coming to me for coaching. So I think everyone has to understand whatever you're pushing out there, it's on you to present the value of mm -hmm. it. I think also what people aren't doing is investing in advertising. Right. This idea that you're going to put out this great, amazing book and it's just going to sell on its own, 
That's a myth. <laughs> does it work <laughs> that it's way? It's just an amazing book. It just doesn't grow organically. Let me tell you something. There are millions, maybe not millions, but there are at least thousands of amazing books doing nothing. Mm -hmm. No sales. And it's not because the content isn't great. It's because you don't know how to market it. I think today's author, see, once upon a time, being an author was just being a writer. Mm. You produced the book, you gave it to the publishing company, they, they worked their magic, and you were able to you know, sell from there. Now, being an author also means being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. being a businessman, right. understanding marketing, understanding how do you get eyes on your book. That's why even when some people say, oh, well, like one person made a comment, if you're trying to help people, then why don't you give it for free? And I want to say to them, I can't get this book out to the masses if I did it for free. Right. There's no way to do that in today's world. Right. You have to spend in order to get it in front of a bigger audience. And if I'm going to be spending, mm -hmm. I have to generate income so I can keep spending. So like even my mentality now, my mentality of selling books, like I look at it as it's my obligation mm -hmm. to promote this and push this because I know what's in the book is going to help somebody. Right. All right. So I have to do that. But the money part is because that's what feeds the business. Mm -hmm. I can't grow this without that. There's no mm -hmm. way around it. So I think that if your book isn't selling, you have to ask yourself, are you presenting the value? Mm -hmm. And are you, um, are you advertising? I also think, let me just throw this out there too. And this is no disrespect to anyone who's done it or is doing it. He's about to disrespect you <laughs> right now. <laughs> I say this with all love. Stop putting your picture on the book. Mm. All right. I got my <laughs> not my second book, my, not my second book. I'm about to re release that one. I don't have it on there. And here's why. Killing me. All right. People and people try to get me to put my picture on the book initially. Mm. And I was like, no, I didn't feel comfortable because I didn't want this to be about me. It's about, again, the message. Mm. But from a marketing standpoint, your picture on the book works if you're already a big brand. See, Steve Harvey was already a star. Right. So his picture on the book made sense. T.D. Jakes is a star. His picture on the book makes sense. If you are still starting off, no one really knows you like that. You are now taking people's attention off the message and onto you. Mm -hmm. And now any personal biases they have, well, look at this, to be honest, look at this black person trying to tell, no, like, yeah. and, and no matter how many people want to say they're not racist or whatever, we all have our biases. Yeah. We all have things that can swing us a certain way. Even your name, mm -hmm. all right? I'm going to be honest with you. The whole, like, same thing that people research with resumes. They put an ethnic name. I'm going to say ethnic. A name on the right. resume. <laughs> couldn't get no, no job leads. They changed the name. They got a whole bunch of job leads. Right. Guess what? That same thing happens with books. Wow. All right? It's no different because people have certain triggers, whether it's the way you look, whether it's your complexion, whether it's your name, whether it's how you dress. Something can trigger them when you show your picture. But when you just show the book message, just the title and what right. it's about, they can focus on that. And now it's either they want it or they don't. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there are marketing tactics people are getting wrong in trying to push their book. Now, yes, one day, if you just want your picture on the book, you'll have your time. Mm -hmm. When you get bigger and right, when you right. have a huge audience, slap it on the book if all you want. I still won't put mine on the <laughs> book. And I have a huge audience. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I, I want to leave this open to everybody. And I don't want them focused on me. Even mm -hmm. though, yes, I understand I have, as a brand, I have to get my face out there more show myself through videos. I don't think I need to put that on my books, though. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That's so not next the place book, for that. The next book I'm coming out with is not on there for that very reason, because uh, I wanted to be able to go into, like, kind of a more corporate arena, and I didn't want people to judge. Mm -hmm. I want people to think, well, 
the content is amazing, not based off the person. Exactly. So that makes that makes absolute sense. So yes, you you just took <laughs> me, okay, for my first book. Am I right? It's like like I'm like most of the covers, just like that. It's crazy. So I got just just a couple more. Um, so I, I want to know in terms of investment, like when you're releasing a book, how much do you plan on spending on advertising? That depends. I mean. My mentality is I'm willing to spend as much as I'm able to scale this up. Hmm. So I, if I could spend $10,000 a day, I would gladly spend $10,000 right. a day. As long as it's gonna make me the money, who cares? Right. All right, but it is hard to scale up to that level. Um, so you gotta test things out. And I think you gotta start off slow, see what ads are working, slowly start building, you know, also look at different platforms. You run your own ads? Yeah, right now, but I actually, I'm, I just hired somebody who's going to come in who I think is better than me, right. way better. And I think, that's another thing. If you're not great at it, don't be afraid to hire somebody because the right ads can really change everything. Right. I also think that we, you have to play around with other platform ads. Like, I was scared of Twitter for a long time because the couple times I tested it really small, the cost per click was horrible. And right. I was like, nah, I'm not going to mess with it. But then I tried a different way recently. And I'm getting the same cost per kick I get on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now Twitter has now become a place that I can do advertising on too. Pinterest, like every platform now is introducing advertising. Yeah. Pinterest, I heard Twitter, Pinterest is like the new way. LinkedIn, YouTube. So there's so many avenues to explore. And don't just assume because yes, is Facebook the king of them right now? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you may not find success in other platforms. Right. And here's the great thing about it. Because everyone's so focused on Facebook and IG, you may have less competition mm -hmm. on those platforms for who you're trying to target right. and get in front of. So you got to be willing to play with it. But as far as how much I'm going to spend, again, I, you know, I think you want to start off with at least $10 a day, mm -hmm. 5 to $10 a day to test things out, see right. how it's going, and then you slowly start to scale up. At one point, I was spending $700 a day. Oh, wow. And it, I, again, I'm not spending that for no reason. So that means it was right, making right, right. money. For you know sure, what I'm saying? For sure. So, but now there's there's so many different ways to do it. There's better way. I learned, even though I was spending that much and I was successful with it, it wasn't nowhere near successful as it could mm -hmm. be. So you got to always be willing to learn and grow. But again, that's why to me, I just rather have somebody else do it because right. I need to focus on my gift. My gift is not marketing. My gift is not advertising. My gift is not whatever else in the business realm. I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I just need to do what I'm good at. Speaking, giving the message, helping people, coaching, and get, hire other individuals mm -hmm. who excel in those areas. I think sometimes we're afraid to spend the money mm -hmm. and we're afraid to hire people and delegate. As entrepreneurs, especially starting off, you're so used to doing everything yourself. Right. And even me now, like I hired a social media manager and I'm still checking my damn social media. Like, <laughs> I'm still putting my hands on it. And I got to learn right. to slowly keep, take my hand off, take yeah. my hand off, let them do what they do. Yes, I can give my input, but stop trying to do everything because now you're limiting your ability to focus on your gifts. Mm -hmm. We all got gifts. And I'm hoping every entrepreneur is in their gift and right. not just on some gimmick stuff. Right. But people make money off of gimmick stuff. They do. Gimmicks be the way. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what I'm Get, you can make money off a of gimmick. But I can never encourage that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm going to encourage people to, to find their purpose and their gift. But yes, you know what? Even if you are doing a gimmick, the principle remains the same. 
You got to focus in on what you enjoy doing or what mm -hmm. you're really good at and hire people who can do the other things for you and excel in those areas. Yeah. Because there's so much to learn about all these different things. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. what I've learned also is that everyone claims they're an expert in this, expert in that. They don't know nothing. Mm -hmm. All right? Like, I have learned so much doing it myself that I can now see they're not as great as they think they are. Yeah. But at the same time, if you hire someone, and if you do are knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than they are, you can train somebody, mm -hmm. you can help them now focus in on that thing so that they can become that expert right. in that area. You know what I'm saying? Because again, there's just so much to learn. And I can't sit down and watch every webinar on marketing, yeah. every webinar on Facebook ads. Right. Then what time do I have for my books, for traveling, mm -hmm. for doing events? I can't mm -hmm. do that. So I got to get someone else who can master it. I can still learn in the background, mm -hmm. but nah. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Well, look, I, I appreciate you, man. I learned so much. Uh, never putting my face on a book ever again in life. But I got, I got one more question. So I like to end it with uh, predictions, man. Um, I want to know where you see yourself, your brand, what you're doing five years from now so that we can look back at this and say, wow, he said he was going to do that five years ago and he actually accomplished it. What do you see? How do you see your life five, ten years from now? Five, ten years from now. I'm, I'm just going to say what I feel. I, I do feel like I'm going to be a very, if not the top guy, one of the top guys in this niche. Who's, right? who's, who owns this space right now? Honestly, it's hard to say if anyone really does. Mm. Um, you know, there, there, there's a couple guys out there. Matthew Hussey is someone who's doing extremely mm. well. Um, you know, Derek Jackson does mm. well. Um, be killing y'all men out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else is there? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different guys. Um, you know, some of them aren't fully relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some of them, like Matthew Hussey is, is for women. He, right. he says he's the dating coach for women or whatever. I'm, so I don't know if anyone is really, like, I really, from the beginning, people told me pick a niche. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, if you're going to be a relationship coach, be a relationship coach for women or women right. over this age. Or, and I'm like, no, I'm for everybody. And I'm going to set my eyes on everybody one way or another. So a lot of people thought this wouldn't work this way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's working. Right. So I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> right, right, but right. yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say who's the leader leader, but there's there are guys out there doing very well. Um, so I definitely think I'm going to be up there. And some might consider me up there already. You know, but household I, name, you think of relationships? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Um, at the very least, 10 books out. At the very least. Okay. Um, I think also in five years, I'm going to be packing out uh, conference rooms, mm. arenas, whatever. I mean, I'll, I may not say arenas, but it's going to be a thousand plus people in a room at an event. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I do believe that, like, I've been looking at it and I'm really passionate about that. I feel like so many people come out for comedy shows. They come out for concerts. They come out for all these forms of entertainment. Mm -hmm. There has to be a way to get them out for something that's going to change their life yeah. and make their relationships better and heal them and all these things. And again, to me, it's not about they don't want it. It's how do I present the value and show them this is worth it, that they need to be there. You see what I'm saying? And I think there's no reason why in five years I, I'm not going to have that figured out. Right. Even if it means adding an entertainment component to it, I still feel like there's a way to explode the event space 
when it comes to relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I so um, I definitely think those are probably the top three things. And, and in five years, at least three million followers on Instagram. Ooh, at three least. M's. If Instagram is around, <laughs> y'all know. <laughs> Y'all know how this social media stuff. Do you know anything that's coming next? Like, do you see nah, something Nah, let me say something. I, I honestly don't think anything is going to knock these dudes off. Really? Really. One, I don't know if y'all know. I don't know if they know. Facebook is now starting to pay people for videos, like YouTube. All right? Mm. Facebook is not trying to go anywhere. They're always looking for ways to reinvent and, and position themselves and battle all the other social media platforms. Mm. So mm. I don't think... The only concern I have with Facebook is because now it's a more mature platform, so to speak, mm-hmm. when that mature audience goes away, will the younger audience still be willing to gravitate to Facebook? Right. So they're going to have to figure out how to get the younger audience back on Facebook. Yeah. But Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah. So I don't know if they even care right now. Like right, they, right, <laughs> right, right, they got right. you on Instagram. They got you on Facebook. They know what went wrong with MySpace, mm. all right? They're not yeah. going to let themselves get MySpace. Right, 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 <laughs> right? right. Now, I granted, just feel like there's somebody in the Facebook camp that's coming to work every day. They work and they work and but they like, yo, I'm about to build this thing so Well, you big. know what? I think the other thing to look at is, so for example, Twitter. I tell people I don't believe Twitter's going anywhere simply because politics and sports is highly tied to yeah, Twitter. absolutely. All right? So Education they're not going to want that to go anywhere. You see what I'm saying? They don't even care that Twitter's not moving at the pace that everything else is moving at. They're happy with it right now. Right. So I don't see it going anywhere. Um, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I think to me, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Google owns YouTube, bruh. <laughs> They're not going to let it go anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And these are right. huge money-making platforms mm-hmm. for these businesses. Yep. Now, again, anything is possible. Maybe I'm being naive in thinking that they can't get knocked out. But look, listen. What was it? Uh, what was that thing that came out? Vine. Mm-hmm. Vine came. Vine was making moves. Instagram crushed them. Yeah. Just like that. Yep. Snapchat. Snapchat was making moves. Boom. Instagram. Like, let me get those stories, man. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm saying. They know how to to knock these dudes out the box mm-hmm. once something threatens them. So I, I, I don't know. I just don't see them letting that thing slide. I don't think they're going to let anyone take their spot. That's real. So listen, I need y'all locking in <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, continue to grow your following. Man, I really appreciate you coming through. How can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, at Stefan Speaks. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N Speaks. Uh, my website, www.stephanspeaks.com. Y'all make sure y'all follow my boy, Stefan, man. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.